You're listening to a podcast from The Open University. The Trojan defence has been particularly common in child pornography cases, where a defendant claims that a virus has been responsible for the downloading of indecent images onto the computer. Both the prosecution and the defence need to hire expert witnesses, computer forensic investigators, who can advise the court about whether there's any substance to that claim. Professor Peter Sommer of the London School of Economics is a regular expert witness. Defence experts, their job is not to prove that the defendant is not guilty. They have to raise a reasonable doubt. But the reasonable doubt is in the context that you are giving evidence under oath and your overriding duty is to the court, not to whoever might be uh, instructing you or paying you. Actually, typically, you're being paid by the public. But examining a computer for malware, such as Trojans or pop-ups, is not as straightforward as it may sound. The computing world is a notoriously fast-moving environment in which operating systems and applications are constantly changing and being updated. Different scans may deliver different results. That can cause difficulties if one side wants to test the techniques of the other and confirm they've got it right. Peter Sommer says the way to resolve this problem is by getting the experts to meet. Increasingly, the judges are requiring experts to meet before the case, to list out points of agreement and disagreement. Used to be done informally, there's now a specific part of the criminal procedure rules under which they do that. And that means that you reach a sufficient agreement about the precise circumstances that the jury get a reasonable answer to it. A defence expert, though, doesn't have to prove there are viruses on the computer. It's down to the prosecution to prove a person's guilt beyond all reasonable doubt. In the case of Julian Green, who was charged with downloading child porn, it was sufficient for the defence to cast doubt on the claim, even though they couldn't prove that Trojans were responsible. Rob Newman of the lawyers Kitsons, who represented Mr Green. What we had here was um, a strong indication that, in fact, although they were on his computer and had perhaps been downloaded by his actions in opening an email or emails, there was no evidence, or there was certainly doubt, as to whether that had happened because of his intention to import the images. Uh, And at the end of the day, that was what was significant in our case. We were able to cast huge doubt on the prosecution allegation so that they accepted and the court then accepted that there was no uh, convincing evidence that could go before the court to say that our client had downloaded the images. He wishes to say he has always insisted that he was not guilty and that he was the victim of a criminal act rather than being a criminal himself. I felt very angry. Angry at the way you've been interpreted by the police? Interpreted and treated, and what I've been accused of made me very angry. Aaron Caffrey had argued that a Trojan horse virus had infected his computer. But when a computer examination failed to turn up any virus, Caffrey said it must have self-deleted. The jury acquitted him amid calls from sceptics that a self-deleting virus is an all-too-convenient way to escape prosecution. Computer forensic investigator Graham Dilloway, who worked on the very first case when the Trojan defence was used, says it is feasible for a virus to hide. Some viruses are designed to change their appearance. Antivirus software looks for specific patterns on the disk of a computer where each pattern Uh, has been identified as belonging to a virus. So if if a virus is able to change its appearance, 
then the pattern for that virus will change and it won't be found. But Graham Dilloway has a more fundamental objection to the Trojan defence. Examining a computer, you're looking at a snapshot of the computer as it is when it was seized by the police. Whether you can determine what happened to get it into this state owes as much to luck as it does to judgment because much of what we do on the computers isn't being recorded and logged. The virus logs record the presence of a virus on the computer. They don't record whether the virus was active. They don't record what the virus was used for. But even if the virus itself can't be found, or be shown to be responsible for downloading the material, you can look for corroborating evidence. Computer forensic investigator Martin Gibb, who worked on the Julian Green case. If people are trying to use the Trojan defence, there's a number of other factors that you would look at on the computer, not just the fact that the Trojans are there. Have they used search terms that are consistent with looking for child pornography? Have they typed in URLs or copied and pasted URLs for child pornography? Have they gone to other areas which are clearly not, not related to the malicious code? You know, Have they um, got a catalogue of, of child pornography? So there, there's a lot of factors. At the end of the day, Whatever the experts say about the science, it's ultimately down to ordinary people, the 12 good and true members of the jury, and not the computer geeks or the theatrical lawyers in their wigs and robes who decide what really happened. The Trojan Defence was presented by Ian Kennedy, who is studying a PhD in the use of static and dynamic analysis to study the impact of malware on a forensic computer investigation at The Open University. You can find out more about research and courses in computer forensics by going to www.mcs.open.ac.uk.